how do you go about finding a style or skill set that you just go all in on? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is The Command Z Show. And welcome back to The Command Z Show. Shelby, how you doing? Doing just fine. We have a very special guest on today, so we're excited to, to get chatting. It's a full made by made by things team today. It's fun. It's it's a made by made by things command Z show by things. By things. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's let's introduce our guest here, uh, Melissa Lee Johnson. Melissa, how you doing? Hello. I'm good. I talked to you guys not that long ago. Yeah. In a meeting. Like, so like this isn't that four to six times a day, but this time yeah. we're recording it. Yeah. Is that weird? Are you Maybe nervous? Yeah. Are you nervous at all? Yeah. <laughs> I am. I get really nervous about like, um, I'm not even in front of anybody, you know? Nope. So we have, you always say that's funny about me though. It's like not always expected, but I just, I want to do a good job. All right. Well, Melissa, do you want to give a brief intro on on who you are? This can be very brief. Okay, Melissa Lee Johnson. Hello, I'm an illustrator. I'm sometimes kind of a graphic designer. I work for Made by Things as an illustrator. And art director. Making animated things. Uh, Sometimes I do a little bit of freelance work. Not as much anymore. That's it. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, Melissa sleeps past 7 a.m. and misses a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, do you want me to cut that out? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, it's fine. Matt thought I was dead. You were I, concerned about my well-being. Listen, I was just checking in. I try not to make any assumptions. I just... I was going to send the police to your house, but luckily you... Said that you were fine and safe. Well, it wasn't like I even showed up late. It was like I slept through the entirety of all of it and missed every single thing about where are you. <laughs> and then when I saw the messages, it didn't even cross my mind what they could be about. Like, that's how much I missed it. Listen, you know? I, that's the kind of sleep I, <laughs> I dream about. <laughs> I wish. I don't know. I mean, at that point... This is weird, right? So, like, this whole world of of remote workplace stuff. We no longer have those, like, well, maybe it's just me, but I don't really have those moments where I'm like, uh-oh, I slept in. Yeah. And, yeah. like, oh, what am I going to do? I got to hurry up and get ready and do all these things. It's really just like, whoops, I slept in and I can be at the computer in 30 seconds now. Yeah. It's way lower stress in that right. sense. And to be clear, I wasn't late. We just had a freakishly early meeting. It was. And I'm in a different zone, so. It's true. Yep. Yeah, uh, you... I did not wake up with like a, oh my god, it's like 10 in the morning. <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, see, that's the feeling that I miss uh, from before kids. Mm-hmm. After kids, they don't let you sleep oh, in luxury that, in a that sense. long. Right, yeah, so it's yeah. like, like there, if I wake up and the sun is out, 
I kind of have that feeling a little bit where I'm like, uh oh, what happened? Um, but then I realize that it's still really early and my children are jumping on top of me trying to wake me up. And... Well, I have I have three three chihuahuas that sleep in bed with us, and yeah, they don't let me sleep in too late. Nice. Yeah. They wake me up. Yep. No, that's uh, that's it. Dogs, kids. All right. That's that's what we're. That's up my nose to wake me up. Yeah, that and that's the episode. That's all. That's all we have today. Um, moral yeah, of the story. Yeah. My final thought: get some sleep if you can. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's let's do this. Uh, I have a question for you, Melissa. I don't. I haven't really prepped you with this one very much, so I'm curious where the conversation will go. Okay. Um, but one of the things that makes you very unique is the talent that you have when it comes to illustrating certain... Don't smile. This isn't a compliment, all right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You you have seemed to find a style that that works really well for you, that you are comfortable with. But at the same time, you, you... To me, anyway, you seem comfortable with almost anything design or illustration wise that's sort of thrown at you. Again, we're a remote workplace here, so we don't, I don't see the pulling out of the hair, or <laughs> <laughs> the sweat, <laughs> the, sweat the blood, and just tears everywhere. Um, so my question is, how do you go about finding a style and or skill set that you can... I haven't figured out the last part of this question, but like a a style or skill set that you just go all in on, basically. How does one do that? I would say, first of all, the most boring answer is just like a lot of time and repetition and making things and like making a lot of things over the course of many years. I I knew we were going to talk about style and I was doing some like, Googling Reddit forum, whatever <laughs> like, research no. to see like what, what people are saying. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who are clearly like students are really young and they'll post like one or two images and they'll be like, I think this is my style. Right. And like I, I know that feeling, I remember it. Um but like that's not really what style is. Like you made one image that it's like proof of concept that you can make something that isn't totally ugly and dumb. You know? <laughs> right. Beginning, you're like yes um for me over time it's just following what I like like constantly doing these like intuition checks about how things are looking and then being able to pick apart like the design remember like the design elements and principles mm-hmm. you know from school so being able to look at something and really pick apart like okay I did this thing I feel like really jazzed about the texture but like the color palette or the shape or whatever isn't working for me. So it's this combination of like intuition, feeling stuff, and then a little more analytical, uh, figuring out what exactly it is that you like or don't like. And then I just try to carry forward with like the things that I do like, and then improve on the things that I don't like, because I think style is, what you're good at and what you like, but it's also what you're not good at. And like trying to 
figure out a way to um, work around that or kind of down downplay it. Um, but mostly it's time. Right. So let's go back to, I don't know, I guess let's go back in time a little bit to when you first, how do I want to say this? I guess at what point for you did you decide, you know what, I want to be an illustrator. Let's go back to there for just a moment. How old are you? What what like was 11. the what, do you have like a moment in mind? <laughs> kind of, not a singular moment. I was probably about 11, like in 6th grade. I always liked art, which like a lot of kids do. Um, and I was always like fairly good at it, but what does that really mean when you're like 6 years old, you know? I don't know what happened when I was about 11 years old. It feels like my brain just kind of like came online. Like right. I switched from being like a kid with no, I don't know. You don't really have like an awareness of anything. You're kind of just mm-hmm. like a stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness. Right. And like something clicked and I had like, uh, what's the word? Like I had a sense of self mm-hmm. and agency, agency. And I don't know. I just really liked making art and I got really focused on figuring out how to get better at it which is kind of interesting because I know a lot of people have that experience with different um like sports or like different you know subjects in school where you're being graded and I was in art class but it's not like that was a very big thing at my school like no one really cared you know if you were good at art it's not like being right. a quarterback. can you throw a touchdown pass <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah no one really cared but I just like got extremely latched onto it and somehow I mean I started off by just imitating other stuff that I saw right. or just drawing right. photos like the first challenge is like can I draw a person based off of this photo that looks realistic you know right so at at this point in time you probably weren't thinking so much about style necessarily. Do you think? No, no. It was just that first hurdle of, can I make something that doesn't look like garbage? Like it doesn't look like a kid made it. Right. You know, you know, the the, the thing where you have a photo and you print it out and you draw the grid over it and you draw in graphite Mm -hmm. and you had a shade. That was a big thing. Shading. It's so funny you bring that up because that's, to me, that's when, that's when I came online <laughs> is for that same project in, in high school. Like, first of all, for me, it was like, it's just always making stuff. Um, but I, I, I mean, I thought I was okay at things until I did that. And to me, like that project turned it into a math equation more so than like be creative and just make that things. That is you. Yeah. yeah. And and I was like, well, that's really interesting when you can break it down block by block, like just f- yeah. figuring out how to make these things to proportion. And um, I, I did that. I, I, it was a motorcycle. I painted it. And it was the first thing that went into like my high school's like display mm-hmm. case for, mm-hmm. for high school. Yeah. I mean, elementary, middle school, like everybody has the, just the wall that goes on. Yeah. Like in the hallway, right. there's like a glass. Yeah. Right. So and that yeah, for us it was like a private lunchroom and there was maybe like six to ten pieces that would make it in this thing. And it was always even when I was a kid, I would walk past this like hallway. Like all of our elementary, middle school and high school were all connected, so there'd always be this hallway and 
I always remember seeing it. And I'm like, that's, that's it. That's my goal in life. You're a Hollywood star. <laughs> right. It was. And that was the first thing like that I ever got in there. And I was like, whoa, like maybe, maybe there's, maybe this is something, you know? Um, but anyway, let's, let's get out of that for a moment and get back to this question of style. So, uh, so, so some years pass by, um, at what point do you feel like you started to actually develop this, a, a specific style? I think there was two points. Okay. So the first point where I ever even had like a, any kind of click of style, personal style, I was maybe 14, like early high school. And I remember it was the first time I ever made something that was completely without any kind of reference material. Um, it's really into like watercolor paints. I mean, I wasn't working digitally then. That just wasn't really an option. I'm old enough that that wasn't (laughs) a thing. Um, So that was the first time I ever just kind of created something completely from my own brain, non-representational, and it was exciting to me. And then sometime when I was maybe a sophomore in college, I don't know what happened, but I, it was in the summer that I was like making a series, series of drawings and uh, I started making stuff that just really like, it just felt right for me. It felt like I had turned a corner and just like made me feel different about school and made me feel different about myself. Um, I don't know what you would compare it to. It's just like you're coming into yourself and you feel like you're not just trying on all of these different things and trying right. to imitate mm-hmm. different things. Very me, like connected to my selfhood in some way. And then probably since then, so I don't know, I was like 19, I would say I've kind of been on an evolution like from that point. And my work looks very different now in a lot of ways. I was also still working traditionally and I wasn't doing commercial work. Like I was making like fine art drawings. Um, but I can see like the thread, like I can, I can see the evolution from that point and there is much less kind of random, uh, non non sequitur experimental things, you know, that you're just trying on a different outfit. Right. Right. And that's like, so for me it was, sorry, feel free to jump in here at any point, Shelby. You get Uh, and also if you hear the kids yelling in the background, everyone's, everyone's got their sugar. Yeah. They're, they're all fine it's not bad i tried to yell quiet on the set to try to be funny before i started recording but they don't they they just go louder when i do those things (laughs) right anyway um for me it was like uh, that period of time of imitation i think is is i don't know maybe overrated and underrated at the same time i guess yeah because it's like people always talk about it but at the same time it's such, just such an important way of like finding your voice, like that idea of like trying on different hats. Like it, it is, it's like trying on different hats and like which one actually feels right. And I don't think that you're able to actually develop a style until, until one, you've developed your taste. And I think, yeah. I think that's something, I mean, I always like, I always love like culinary shows and stuff like that. I always talk about like 
palates and whatever and like developing good taste i mean i still haven't figured that out when it comes to food i'm like just a hot dog is fine with me (laughs) (laughs) um but i i love that idea where it's like how are you how are you supposed to make something good if you don't even know what it's something good if it hits you over the head (laughs) um that period is so important but it's also so embarrassing at the same time which i would say is true of like all teenager right but you know you do the same thing with like philosophies or like life outlooks or like the kind of friends you have or the kind of humor you have but now my dogs are barking literally Um, literally yeah it's such an embarrassing like like i i almost find myself like shunning that discussion because it's just embarrassing to think about you think so yeah it's sweet because you're young but like Hopefully you're young. I mean, maybe you're older and you're you're trying that out. And there's, I think there's still always some degree to that happening. Like, I'll see some work that has a really sick color palette and I'll save it and be like, right. I gotta take inspiration from that. It's like, it never really stops, but um, I don't know. It's so, like, naive and, and you're, well. Right. And that's what's, of like, family members that are younger, getting older, um and it's always weird like seeing like sketchbooks where i'm like whoa like (laughs) how do i say this it's like well one you kind of have this realization of like oh man like i've come a really long way like it's really tough to remember the kind of stuff that i was making like when i was in high school Mm yeah um so you see something like that first of all, and it's like, I don't. You sort of have this little life flashes be- before your eyes kind of thing where you're like, like I did so many things to be able to kind of get to this point, like stylistically and just, just taste wise. And I think that, I mean, this is the reason that so many people in the world say that they're like not creative. Really, what happens is they get to this point where, okay, kid, either you make stuff that doesn't look good and you're okay with it. Or you just stop and tell everyone you're going to school to be an engineer. Um, yeah. And I, I think that there's, there's there's so much stuff that goes against you when you try to go for that creative side of things. I guess there's that fear that you have to face of your own about what people say, especially when you try to like do something that already exists in the world. I'm not talking about like tracing, I guess I am just talking about like you see this really cool piece of art and you're like, I want to make that. Yeah. Um, which I think is a really good thing, but it's just, it doesn't, it's not going to be that great. For a long time. Like your for taste is going to be way above your ability level for a really long time. And I, I feel like there's kind of two different ways to deal with that. Like there's, I think it's completely based off of just your personality, mm-hmm. just how you are. Some people are kind of oblivious to the fact that they're really bad at it and they just love what they're doing so they keep making right and that's completely fine and then some people are aware of the fact that it sucks and they're desperate to get better so they keep making stuff and you both end up at the same spot potentially i was more of the second category i still experience that emotion all the time where i'm just like ah like this isn't as good as i know it could be and like why doesn't it look how i want it to right. look 
which kind of goes back to the checking in with yourself like emotionally all the time, mm-hmm. which can be slightly torturous because every experience you're like, do I like this? Do I not like this? Like what's good? What's bad? Instead of simply just experiencing it, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I love the idea of like the experiencing your style. I think about like myself as a, as like a baby writer and like those first stories that I was writing and it's, I feel like I was, I was desperately trying so hard to like create that one particular style Okay, this is like, this is Shelby Haggerton's writing. This is the kind of shit that she writes. And it was like so desperate to try and find something, to find that particular voice. And I feel like now as a writer, I'm almost much more experimental in what I'm doing and my styles because I don't have that exact pressure of, okay, I need to have this particular style. I need to have this. It needs to look like this. There's a little bit more freedom now to go, okay, well, now I can push this, whatever I built on, and create something new. Well, you have so much stuff. Can you hear my dog? Yeah, but it's fine. A little bit. It's fine. There's kids. There's dogs. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, yeah, kids, dog. It doesn't matter anymore. We don't really care about audio here. Ugh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> They're getting closer. Make fun of your Josh yelling at them. I had a thought that was connected to this, which is that. When you're younger, it feels like everything you're doing is riding on that one piece because you've barely made anything in your life, right. you know? So, like, if you've made four things, like, that one thing is 25% of your life's output. Right. Um, and you get older and it's like, I don't know, it's not that they, you care about stuff less or anything, or at least I don't. It's just you're not trying to, like, prove your entire right everything with this one thing. And it's like, well... I don't know. I've already made so many good things. Maybe this won't be like in the top 10% of them, but it doesn't mean that I suck. (laughs) I think, I don't know. That's, it's really interesting to think about because there, there almost needs to be this sort of like comfort with, with not being great. Like, it's not like, I mean, yes, we, we will get better as long as we practice at the things that we do. That's a natural thing. Mm -hmm. But I think about like, for myself anyway, I'm like, it's probably the same percentage of work that I do that I just don't like. That was, I mean, when I was in high school, let's say. So like that, that really doesn't change. I think that's a personality trait. Yeah. But I think what does change is you get more okay with like, oh, no, that's garbage. But like, like I can laugh at it or I can just chalk it up to like, well, I I learned a bunch of things on this and let's move on to the next thing now. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Going going back to that idea of like imitation, there is this article. I think I've referenced this article so many times and I can't find it. I'm pretty sure it was on like 99U or something like that, but it was like the four stages of like becoming an artist. And I'm going to butcher this. It's creative development. Yeah. But like the, the first the first phase was like imitation. Mm-hmm. Um or I'm pretty sure the first phase was that. And then you try different things. And then like the last stage is like you get bored. So then you go back to start the cycle over again where it's like, okay, back to imitation. Like, or I think maybe it was research was the first one, then imitation. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's sort of this this ongoing cycle that happens over and over yeah. again. I want to really try to find this article. It's so good. <laughs> it literally stuck in my head and I read it like 12 years ago, maybe longer. Stuck it to me. Wow, that's cool. Um, stuck. 
but I, I just, I know, I love this idea that you just, you become comfortable and you start to understand yourself a little bit more and you know, like, which, I don't know, maybe not specifically which phase you're in, but you know, generally, like, okay, I need to go back to the drawing board. I need to go back to research on this. I don't really know where I want to do this. Like, you, I think part of what develops people's style, I guess, is the process that they develop, whether it was learned or genetic I don't know (laughs) yeah I mean that's a huge part of style that I don't think people talk about or especially when you're young you think a style is just like an aesthetic like the way that it looks is the style but it's really like your entire process of how you make things um that is your style it's like your entire style of working your style of thinking you know it's really not just how it how it looks as an end product um Something I also try to do, I've done this forever and I don't know where it came from, but like every single project I try to focus on like implementing something, like some kind of objective, something new, like, okay, I really want to focus on like a more complex composition or I really want to focus on the background or I really want to use like a totally different color palette or focus on a more, uh, I don't know, a, a deeper concept, something, something like that, which I think helps keep me out of the boredom zone, even mm-hmm. if things look uh, somewhat similar. Do you ever? Well, let's let's hold on to that question for a moment. Um, I guess one of the things that I'll say is like after. I was like after college, once I started working at other companies, I, I, I honestly have always been like, I stay away from style. When I, when I pitch made by things, I always say like, we don't have a style. It's just whatever's best for the project. That's what we do. Um, and that's something that I've been saying about myself for the longest time. But I remember I had to have been like maybe 2000. 12, 13, maybe 14, somewhere around there, where I started to recognize for myself for the first time in my entire life that I'm like, oh, I'm developing a style right now. And like, yeah, at first I was like, oh no, like you got to stay away from that. Like, that's not what I want. You're getting into drugs or something. Right. (laughs) You want some style? (laughs) I got plenty. Life's going to go downhill real fast. Yeah. I want you to develop a style and yep. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, for me, I thought it was really interesting because I was like, why? It, it, it was a little bit different than the taste that I actually had at the time, which I thought was really weird as well. And this is something I always like, I always bring up like musicians. Like sometimes, I think oftentimes there's people that make music of a certain kind, but they listen to music more often in another genre altogether. Mm-hmm. And I always like thought that was the craziest thing. Right. Like in an interview, these were influences. And you're like, really? Right. Yeah. Right. But like, to me, I think that's, that's kind of what was happening where I, I realized that my style was, was developing because of the process that I had in place, which yeah. a, a lot of it was, okay, you don't have a whole lot of time. You got to yes. hurry. So like make something quick. Yeah, like those constraints play a huge Mm -hmm. role. And sometimes it's constraints like, yeah, like time or medium, like obviously digital work. Like there's a, 
iPad Procreate kind of effect on how things look. Right. Um, which you, if you like, have ever taken an art history class, like it's very clear that that's not a modern uh, right. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like impressionist painters could paint, you know, plein air like out in the field because of uh, new technologies with like paint and being able to bring it with them. Mm-hmm. So that's always been a thing, but it's like you might have a certain taste, but your actual skill set could be different than what that taste, what that style like demands, you know? Right. For instance, like one of my, I would say like one of my weakest points when it comes to the principles or elements of design would be uh, like composition and perspective. I just, it's never been that interesting to me, like drawing things in perspective correctly. You know, it's the same as like the grid thing in class to draw a photorealistic portrait. It's like the point perspective, whatever. I've always disliked that. I've never, I don't know. It's just never like gotten me jazzed. So I leaned into a, a style that was kind of wonky and like intentionally off right but like even bad but I, I made it work so it didn't come across that way um i guess i could have decided to make it my life mission to figure out perspective i would rather be making a choice consciously than be making a choice because i simply don't know how to do it right correctly at this point at this point i've had enough practice that i'm not so limited by my skill set still not perfect at anything everything by any means, but it's not this, you know, you've been making work for a few years. It's like, you really only know how to do a couple things. Good. Right. Good Shelby. That's my Shelby nod. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think that's really interesting though. Cause I think about like, just looking at how things can change. Like, like for me as like with, with writing, it's um, looking at those influences I think it's really fascinating because, and you know, we're talking about to the, um, like whether you're kind of getting inspiration versus like imitation, I think is something that's really fascinating because like when you are younger and you're developing kind of who you are and what your process is and how you look at things, like that imitation is very different than like paying homage or being inspired by something. And as you kind of develop that style or like your own process or how you look at things, that, that really radically changes and how you kind of um, interpret those works that you're that you're really inspired by, or your own taste, you know, it's it, it ends up coming out in a very different way. I think in your work, I think it's more of a synthesis of things that you've liked, like your inspirations, rather mm-hmm. than this direct imitation. Like you can isolate this little element from it and bring it into your work, and it's no longer copying every single element. You know exactly. Right. So as you were talking about that, so I found this article, right? It took me two seconds. <laughs> Let's go through this for just one moment. And I'll uh, put a link on this in the in the notes, maybe. Gotcha. Probably. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if Shelby does it or not. I don't know. <laughs> Slack it over and we'll get um, it. <laughs> I will. I'm going to copy it right now. So the article is the four phases of developing your creative voice. Voice. Okay. So the first one is the discovery phase. Questions you might ask during this phase would be, what new ideas or skills are obsessing me right now? Mm. Where is my curiosity leading me next? Who are the handful of best-in-class practitioners of this particular skill or craft? And where, and what can I learn from them? 
So that's the discovery phase. And then is the emulation phase. So I said it was imitation, it was emulation, it was pretty close. Um, a few questions that you'd ask in this stage would be, uh, which of my heroes should I immerse myself in and emulate in order to build my skills? Mm-hmm. Which daily repeatable practices should I engage in as I continue to close the gap between my taste and my skills? Well, we've, this is like what we're doing. We already know all this stuff. We don't even need this article. So this is where it gets really fun. Is Number three is the divergence phase. Mm-hmm. Common questions here. Where am I stuck emulating and how can I take a strategic risk with my work? How do I need to push myself out of my comfort zone so I can add unique value? What new opportunities do I see and need to uniquely pursue with my work? So at this phase, it's like, okay, I'm getting bored of like emulating these other people and I want to add my own bit to this in some way. And then the last phase is the crisis phase. Yeah. Uh, Some questions here. What is the next frontier of growth for me in order to continue pursuing uh, mastery of my craft? Where am I protecting my reputation when I should be striving for growth? What is inspiring me right now and how might I begin to incorporate it into my work through emulation? Then you loop back. Loop back. Um, real quick, I'm curious where each of us feel like we're at right now on all four of these. If you need me to repeat them, that's fine. But I'm just well, like, curious. how fast does this cycle move? You know, like, I think, could you move through this cycle multiple times in one project? I think so. I think you can. I think you can go yeah. through all of it in a day. I, yeah. I, I think when you're younger, it's a lot harder. It, it's it's slower. Mm-hmm. But I think as you get older, you start to. When you recognize it, it's like understanding you have a problem, right? It's like as soon as you do understand what's actually going, I think you can control it a mm. lot faster or on on demand, I guess. But I'm curious if there's if there's one of those areas where you feel like you've been in more, I guess. I think right now, I don't know which one it is, so maybe you can diagnose me. Yep, but, I um, <laughs> Because I've been making a lot of work for clients. We've been working on this one project, this one client for a really long time. I don't know, over a year. So I've been in that style and I made that style and it's not like uh, in conflict with how I like to normally work. It's not like it was dictated to me, but it's not exactly what I would do if I had complete, you know, freedom to just like make something for yourself. Um, So now I'm in a phase where I'm just trying to get back in touch with, okay, if we're starting from scratch, what is it that I really like to do? Let's drop some of these um, some of these like demands that the client has, like, let's forget about some of those restrictions, um, and figure out what feels best. This sounds like textbook crisis to me. What do you think, Shelby? I'm going to do a crisis. Yeah. And what's really interesting, there's a lot of interesting things there, but I'm gonna let you finish first. Oh, I usually will just look at my own portfolio of work and like reflect on what I, I like the best, like how it looks in the end and also how much I enjoyed making it, you know? Right. So you bring up something I, I think is really important to talk about. It's this idea of 
you've been working on one project for a year and four or five months, somewhere around there. And you, I mean, your art director on this project, you determined all of the style. You had no idea. You had no idea that you'd be working on it for like this long. Yeah, to be clear, we thought it was like going to be maybe a six week project. Yeah, exactly. And then it just kind of, we, we did such a good job that, (laughs) (laughs) um, that we kept going with it. And, um, I'd love to talk a little bit about that, where it's like, personally, where you were, just mentally, physically, wherever, a year and five months ago is totally different than now. And I'm curious how that affects the work that you do. Yeah. Or or looking at the same thing and keep working with that same initial style anyway. To be clear, like this was the first project I did when I started working for Made by Things, and it was the first, the first animation, like illustrating for animation job, I'd ever done at all. So to be clear, I'm not doing the animation, but making illustration for motion design is like a lot different, right. a lot different than making it for a print piece or something like that. Um. Yeah, so it was a lot different. The main difference was just, like, that particular skill set, like the illustrating for animation skill set. A lot of it is more behind-the-scenes stuff, like how you build your files and whatever, which is, like, just, like, technique. Right. Boring, but very important. Um, I would say one of the biggest takeaways is just how you can get away with things that are a lot more simple, um for animation because it's really only like 50 percent done when i'm done with it and luckily i really enjoy the people i work with and trust them so i can like that's good to hear yeah so i can <laughs> give it to them kick me off the podcast right <laughs> but i so... can hand it to them and trust it's gonna get even better so right. it's just like way less pressure on my shoulders which i really enjoy and i've had some people ask me like well, do you not like it that you don't have like full control of it anymore? And you know, you don't get to make things super complex, which I have a tendency to do like the, we'll call it like the where's Waldo thing. <laughs> you guys know the artist Hieronymus Bosch. He mm-hmm. was like from the 1500s. He did the garden of earthly delights. It's like a triptych yeah. of like heaven and hell and earth. Oh, you're speaking All Shelby's these... language right now. Yeah, I got you. It's very surrealist, but it was made in the 1500s, Mm -hmm. I think. Anyway, so I love that kind of maximalist style, and I don't feel good about my work until I've, like, crammed it full enough, typically. Why? I don't know. It's just how I like it. Um, I wish I had a more interesting More sprinkles. More (laughs) sprinkles. It just feels right to me. Um, So that's been one of the biggest changes is, like, not every single frame needs to be doing the most Mm -hmm. in fact it's better if they don't you want some variation you know right so but looking at looking at what you've done now are you more proud or less proud of uh, we'll, we'll keep this on style like of the style that's been developed at this point do you think that like Go ahead. 
I'll no, just you keep say, making noises. <laughs> this is what I do, right? I'll just keep talking. If I if I feel like someone's not ready to answer the question easily, then I'm just going to keep talking until they do. I like to practice having some dead space in conversation sometimes, especially because I'm not if good you get into the zone of over, overlapping constantly. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time, and it's like affirmative noises. You know, you're like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> just let them speak. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I don't okay, know. Maybe well, one day. Um, <laughs> I guess, I'm, so like you developed the style about a year and a half ago, we'll say, and you're still working in that today. Um, do you... Sorry, that was my dog. I'm sorry. He's, like, he's napping real you're hard, either... making noises. Oh, that was my own stomach. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, damn. I knew I should have eaten before this. Um. I guess I'm just curious, like, as you're developing this style a year and a half ago, I have to imagine that you're like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is cool. This is good. I really like this. Is that true? I'm trying to coerce Mostly. you a little here, but. <laughs> Mostly. If I could Mostly. go back Let's get and change that, I probably would. I think I just set things up to be a little more difficult for myself than I needed to. Um Are you speaking mostly from a technical a standpoint? Of... I don't know. Like, there's just some things. I've actually had kind of a hard time pinpointing it. In every single video video that we've done, there's been like one or two frames where I just can't quite get them to be how I want them to be. And at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. A lot of these frames are on screen for like a very short period of time, and it's me being picky. Um, you know, they're really good videos overall. It's me honing on honing in on like one little thing that's you know right. bugging yep. me. Um, and I think it mostly has to do with the character design and the there's like a level of anatomical like preciseness and correctness that needs to be in there. Mm-hmm. I almost wish they were like a little more stylized. It's not so realistic that I can like take close uh use a photo and use it as like a really tight reference you know like almost in the style of rotoscoping something like okay right. that's correct it's this really in between zone that can be difficult to nail and when it's worked out well i've been really happy with it but there's just been a few times where i'm like god why is this so hard um we okay i made my things we do a thing called show and tell where we like share <laughs> on Mondays. We share a project we've been working on or just like a thing. I don't know. So I'm going next week and I'm presenting basically like a research paper. It's not a research paper. Research, like a presentation. Do you guys know about Allegria art or some people call it like corporate Memphis? Or yeah, only like because of you, yeah. <laughs> art set. I talk about this a lot. It's like everything that you see, it's actually becoming less popular now, but it was really, really big with like tech startups. It started um, on Facebook in like 2017, but it's these vector, it's a lot of people, vector-based figures with like unrealistic proportions and usually like unnatural skin tones and they're very like blobby. They have like small heads and big legs and I, a lot of people hate it. There's things about it I actually really like. But the reason that that style came about was because it's really easy to replicate. Like, if you have a lot of illustrators working on the project, it's really easy to scale because it's vector-based and like no textures. 
and it's really easy to animate. Um, so I get why that style came about. And then additionally, with like representation, you don't have to worry that much about skin tone or body type and making sure that like you're representing people correctly or the right amount of these people and that people. Right. Um, if the skin tone is purple, you know, and like they have a pinhead, like it kind of solves a lot of problems. So bringing that back to how I feel about the style for this one project is I wish I actually was a little more pragmatic about mm. things, but at the time I didn't blue know people? that More blob people. Maybe a little more simplified. Uh, maybe right. a little less like, anatomically correct. But... Right, but I think that's kind of I... one of the things that makes this specific project special. Um, yeah. Yep. And unique, I guess, is that we are kind of crossing a couple different worlds with it. Um, I don't know. I uh, Are you... I'm going to go back to that initial question again for just a moment. I think you somewhat answered it. But I want you to give me a real answer. Oh, are no. you... Do you believe that you still operate in the same style that you did a year and a half ago like do you feel like you've grown in a different there's just a little scream here for just a moment <laughs> this is what happens when my wife leaves the room for two seconds and he oh, notices no. and he just loses his mind <clears throat> uh anyway do, do you feel like your style has changed at all in the last year and a half majorly not in a way that's um and do you not in a way if i just sat and drew something you'd be like oh my god you've changed right. so much i right. think it's a little more internally like my internal process is a little different i'm not sure how much it come, comes across on the the page, page. right because i'm what i'm curious about is like th that has to play a role if you feel like you're in a i'm therapist here uh, if you feel mm -hmm. like you're in crisis right now then i wonder if that has anything to do with it is the fact that like you're growing but you're you know for commercial reasons having to kind of see the rest of this out you know yeah uh i would say my biggest feeling of crisis is such an intense word for it <laughs> it is that's what's kind of fun about <laughs> I'm it i'm really not sure if i would call it i would say it's more of like okay kind of reflection you know and like contemplating mm -hmm. how do I feel about this which I always do anyway but uh the biggest thing that's noticeable is I feel somewhat bored by creating illustrations on my own like just that have no motion mm -hmm. in them at all um yeah it just feels a little bit like not that it's suddenly become the most easy thing ever and it's like not challenging because I'm just like such a fucking genius. I swear, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Probably, I guess. I do occasionally. You're like, no one's tried it yet. Nobody's listening to this anyway. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's just for our benefit. But um, yeah, it just, it feels slightly more, it's, it feels slightly less engaging to me knowing that that's it. It's just an illustration. Right. It's just going to mm. sit there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Shelby, same question. Do you feel like you're in any one of these specific stages? 
Yeah, I, I go through this like every single time I'm going through a project, but my crisis and my discovery overlaps. Um, so like mm-hmm. when I'm wrapping up, like especially like if I'm writing a script, if I'm wrapping up something and I'm getting to like the last 20 pages or so, that's when I start to like get a little panicky. Panic. Because I'm like, okay, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go someplace else now. I gotta have something else to do. Um, I always call it like, what do I do with my hands when I finish this? Because I need to have right. something to do with my hands. So... I start going into the discovery process while I'm in my crisis stage. So that way there's never any like dead space in there. So it's like I'll just start kind of scrolling on Pinterest a little bit, getting some inspiration, watching something different. And what's kind of neat then is when I do that, sometimes the project that I'm working on that I'm in crisis stage in can kind of take a new shape or a new form based on whatever discovery process I'm in. So sometimes when I'm going back through a revision process, I'm going through that with new eyes, even though I am still in that crisis stage. That kind of gives me um, a different perspective to reflect on what I've been working on, which is, I don't know, it's, I think just being able to overlap those two stages kind of gives you, gives you something new to look at within whatever you've been, you've been working on. It's kind of a discovery for a project you've already been on for way too long. It's a good answer. It makes me think of something I really enjoy doing, which is like creating images for my portfolio website. I've done this for like, you know, different companies I've worked for as well. And you make so much stuff and then you go back and do some kind of case studies. You do mock-ups and all these things. And sometimes a project will get, it's like something you're pitching, so it'll get killed halfway through. And you had all these plans of like, oh, I did this logo, but I also really wanted to design like some apparel, like some merch and some like illustrated icons. So then you can go back like months later or a year later and like finish it out. That is something I really love. Like my dream situation with this project we were talking about would be if I could go through every video and let's say there's like just one frame that I could improve, that would be awesome. Like with hindsight, you know, and just doing it with no time crunch or or anything. And then that feels really good. Right. It's finished. <laughs> Fixed it's like when you look back on a conversation, you're like, why did I say that? I wish I could go back and say something different. Like, like a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do that all the time. I don't know. Um, just that feeling of regret. And <laughs> you're like, mm-hmm. damn it. Um, I think that's so about this specific project that we're talking about. I guess I'll name it if you want to look at it on our on our site and we have it everywhere uh, a company called provide we've been working with for a while um, Melissa's our director on that project and that's kind of what we're talking about here um this is almost turning into a little bit of a post-mortem meeting about, <laughs> about the project <laughs> but it's a good idea we should record those um yeah um so oh. with this um with this project again over over time it's really fun because everyone on the team grows. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're working on anything for a long term, it's tough because you have to almost fight that idea of like, hey guys, listen, we don't want anyone to grow. We want everyone to stay the same. But I don't I don't like that. Like I always love the idea of like, okay, now how do we do better than the last one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it's so fun to. To, to see you and the rest of the team just growing on a per video basis where it's like, oh man, like you can see that they, they learned this from before and now they're getting better at this. Um, 
but at the same time, it's like, well, we, we want to grow, but we don't want to be like out of brand anymore. Like we don't want to like grow so far away from the initial thing, you know? That is one like drawback of having some kind of identifiable style is, I mean, you're so blessed if a client comes to you and it's like, I just love what you do. Just do that for me. You're in a great spot if that happens. But the one drawback is that you feel like you can't experiment very much because Mm -hmm. they feel, you know, you've promised them something. They are paying for something and it's supposed to look a certain way. It's like, it's like you can get a little stuck in, well, this is the thing that I do. Every time. Right. So if I was to answer this question on, not that anyone asked me, but I'll answer it anyway. Uh, (laughs) You know, I was allowed to ask. You can ask questions. Sure. I'm the best. Um, So if I was to guess or say which of these stages I think that I'm in more often lately anyway, um, I think would be the divergence stage phase where it's like okay like we've done a lot of cool stuff um i don't know maybe i i don't i i feel like we we do take like i don't want to say heavy inspiration but we do take inspiration from things that we see in the world we, we all have an inspiration channel in slack that we're always posting things in and i think it does inform some of the work that we do as as a team but I think that we come across these moments where we're like, I don't know. It's kind of this really special moment where you're like, okay, I'm don't care what anyone else is doing. I want to start to find our own path a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I was to answer that question, like, where do I feel like I'm at today? It's probably that, but I see I, that. I totally, see that. Yeah. I, I do think that you go through these phases in, during a project which i think is really interesting too because it's not necessarily our creative voice not necessarily there's a part of it is but a part of it is also like understanding a brand and the story that they're looking to tell or that we think we should tell for that brand basically so we kind of have to go through all of these stages we have to start by discovering we need to pull references pull inspiration together and be able to see like, okay, what works for that? And also what works for, for us personally as we kind of keep developing. And then we start creating frames where we're like, all right, let's create a frame that's based on something like we saw here and here and this and that. And it's like kind of a mashup collage kind of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, then we have that little moment where it's like, all right, nope. Uh, if I was following this to a T, they'd use a really thin line weight here, but I want to use the thick line weight because I think it's going to be better in the end. And then this, this, this crisis, I think happens almost at the end of the project. We are like, okay, I'm done. I, I want to be on to something new now. Mm-hmm. When you get kind of over it, I think my favorite part of that process of working on a project is when you finally click into the style, bringing it back around, like you make one style frame or, you know, sample sketch, whatever. And you're like, ah, I think I did it. I think this is it. And then obviously you get a little disenchanted as you keep working because it's, it's very difficult to like stay that jazzed about something and because it's challenging and there's timelines and, um, 
you know, sometimes clients will like make notes that really kind of jack up your whole thing, which I think is the, that's like the, the, I don't know what you want to call it. It's this point where things can go like really downhill. You can get really, um, it's a a fork of sorts. Yeah, you can get really over the whole thing. Yeah, Ron Ron Howard, the film director, he always says that every film will break you. There's like always one oh. point, so it's like there's always like a point in a project where you're gonna feel a little broken for a moment. Screw us. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. All right, we're running out of time here, so let's let's go ahead and do some final thoughts. Um, Shelby, do you wanna you wanna start? Final sure. thoughts. Yeah. Um, no, I think this is this is an interesting conversation just because, like, depending on where you're at in your creative journey, whether that be, like, your age or whatever or just where you're at on your journey, um, it's so different from everyone. And, like, I, I think it's very similar, but it's also very different because, like, it's going to mean something different to each artist because all of their different styles are going to be a little bit different. Your process is going to be a little bit different in how you approach things. Um but I think, like, innately, we all kind of have that same underlying journey of this is where I was at when I was in high school or at this age or when I was just starting out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting thing to to kind of look at is how universal this feeling is of, you know, where what is my personal style and that sense of discovery. And especially as we're going through those journeys of, you know, this is my crisis, this is my discovery, where am I at on these different, these different phases. I, I think it's interesting that it is such a uniquely personal experience but also very universal as well right it's true melissa final thoughts um final thoughts i think there's a lot of ways to talk about style that's like fairly analytical i was talking about breaking things down into their parts and you know choosing the things that you're inspired by and synthesize all these things together and it's just time and repetition and that's very like unsexy and uh, I don't know a little bit like procedural like scientific yeah. mm-hmm. and as much as I talk about it there's still some element to style that like I, I really just can't describe it's very personal to me it's like at times almost feels like it's not worth talking about because it can't really be captured in words, yeah. um, it's been something that I have been exploring and pursuing. Like I've been doing this art thing for a really long time. It is as much a part of me as like anything in my life is. It might be one of the most number one top things. So, anyways, despite all of that talk about like this, this, and this, and then you just have to do it for a period of time, and then you will blah, blah, blah. There's still this thing that's, like, I don't know, almost spiritual about it. Right. The muses. The muses! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Matt, final thoughts? uh, I would say... um, I guess for everybody, if, if you can't determine where you're at as far as your voice goes just go straight to discovery right like i i think that there is again i try to attach a formula to everything so 
I think that's going to be a common thing that a lot of people say where they're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I can't like determine correctly. It's like, well, then take some time and go right to that. And it happens to me all the time where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't feel good. I'm not like, we'll call it spiritually. Um, Like, I'm not making anything that's like good right now. Um, the, The easiest thing to do in those, in those times is to go to discovery. And I, for me, like, I'm very, what's the word? I guess very strict on when I allow myself to consume content. Mm. And there's a level of like just openness that I can only have when I consciously go into like this discovery process where I'm like, okay, I'm going into this specifically with an open mind and I'm just trying to absorb at this moment. And like, I I can do that easily at the beginning of projects and stuff like that. But but sometimes you just kind of have this little feeling where you're like, I just don't feel right right now. And you kind of need this sort of recalibration. And for me, that's that's what I do is like, I'll go to Pinterest and I'm like, let's make a new board, something really specific. Um, and I'll just start looking through stuff. And then I'm, if, for me at this point, like I can, I know that I can go from discovery to, what was the next one? <laughs> discovery to emulation. I can go there in less than an hour. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so for me i'm like i there's there's tons of stuff that i make that i don't share with anybody and sometimes it's like it is it's just tracing over something that somebody else did or like seeing an effect that somebody did in 3d and it's like i need to do this yeah like to i don't know, almost finish a thought in a way mm-hmm. like a sneeze that wouldn't come out basically <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess that's that's what i would say is if you're if you're ever feeling like you're kind of lost in your style or creative voice, whatever you want to call it. I think start back at one and just relearn what it is that inspires you. The things that you, I don't know, the the taste that you have, I suppose. That's what I'd say. Isn't it hilarious to think that in college, so we did like a thesis project that was, you know, like a exhibition showing of your work right and to think that that took like two whole semesters were right. you kidding me right it it was the first time for a lot of students that they had ever um actually conceptualized an entire project for themselves that was not dictated to them by somebody right. else um and it was oh my god such a huge hurdle for so many people i mean it was hard for me too uh, right. But it's it's funny in hindsight. You can go through that process like so quickly now. You've done it so many times. Right. Look at that. Melissa got two final thoughts. She is that special of a guest. <laughs> the last word. Right? <laughs> All right. Speaking of last word. All right. Uh, well, Melissa, thank you so much for um, taking the time. Your boss sounds like just an amazing guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean... You're technically paying me to do this. It's true. This is my most expensive (laughs) podcast yet. (laughs) All right. We got a phone call in a minute. So we're going to go. Love you. Bye. The Comanzi Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdc.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.